Welcome to the Raiders Insider Podcast on NBCSportsCalifornia.com. Introducing your host, Oakland Raiders Insider, Scott Baer. Welcome, everybody, to the Raiders Talk Podcast. I'm your host, NBC Sports Bay Area Raiders insider Scott Baer, and defensive lineman Dion Jordan is my feature guest. The athletic former first-round pick has thrived in his brief time with the Raiders, a team he joined just in mid-November. Jordan is in a great space now, several years removed from the issues with substance abuse that plagued the early parts of his career. John Gruden says he has become a role model on this young team, a point of pride for someone who has worked extremely hard to earn this chance. He's willing to share his story and you will all enjoy hearing how he persevered through so many setbacks. My conversation with Dion Jordan starts after our weekly discussion with NBC Sports Raiders reporter Josh Schrock, where he and I go over Trent Brown's season-ending trip to injured reserve, whether Josh Jacobs has played his last snap this season, and if he's done enough to be named the NFL's Offensive Rookie of the Year. We also go over who got into the Pro Bowl and who deserved to make the original roster. That discussion on all things Raiders starts right now, but please pardon some audio issues early in this podcast. They are very brief, and we get the audio fixed as the discussion wears on. Josh, there's no point in looking backwards at the Oakland Coliseum finale, that heartbreaker against the Jacksonville Jaguars, because we already did that on the Raiders Talk podcast, a post-game podcast you can find wherever you find this podcast or on YouTube. We talked extensively about what happened there. So let's try to look forward from that point and start with the news of the week. And one is sort of obvious, right, that Trent mm-hmm. Brown, who has missed the last two games with a pectoral issue, done for the year, headed to injured reserve. That's got to be pretty expected considering the nature of the injury. And if this thing tears completely, it's a five or six month rehab. Seems obvious. Yeah, especially given where the Raiders are at now in the season, loses four straight playoffs or playoffs are done. There's no reason to run him out there and risk, you know, like you said, a five month injury that's going to take time out of his off season work. Um, So yeah, it's definitely the right call. Well, there's going to be plenty of time after the season ends for us to sit around and talk a lot about, you know, the good and bad that so many of these players um, did over the course of the year. But since Trent Brown's year is formally done, why don't we take a look at his season right now? We're talking about four years, more than $60 million, more than $36 million in the first two years. He made his first pro bowl, but how would you evaluate his season? I thought he was fantastic. I think uh, when you look back at the Raiders uh, offseason, they made a lot of big swings, right? Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams, LaMarcus Joyner, um, and all of those guys. I mean, Antonio Brown obviously went nuclear and he gets an F. Uh, but the rest, the other three varying grades, I thought Trent's, Trent's been phenomenal. He's battled through a lot of injuries, and he's kept Derek Carr upright. He held up his end of the bargain. Um, and John Gruden said today that when he – signed back on he they needed two tackles and they drafted colt miller and uh then they signed trent brown who's the best right tackle in the game in his opinion so i think trent's been i mean everything that the raiders wanted and he he had that kind of that off healed off the field hiccup in the middle of the year where he was uh sued in a civil case for domestic violence um 
you know, and he made a kind of a, a quick comment uh, about that, and we haven't heard much from it since. And over time, kind of he was able to to uh, get back to you know focusing on football. It didn't seem like much of a distraction a distraction from an on the field perspective. We don't know how that will ultimately turn uh, out, but I think when you look at his season, he did pretty well considering. I mean, first it was the ankle, then it was mm-hmm. the knee, right? And then it was this pec issue, and outside of one game in, in Week 7 and what's happened to him lately, he's battled through a lot of injuries. thing that I like the most is when you talk to David Sharp or Brandon Parker, they talk about this guy helping them, going out of their way, or going out of his way to show them new techniques and try to help them be more nasty. I, I think that that's pretty important from a guy who makes that much money who could have just said, I'm going to perform, and that's all that's required of me that he's kind of gone above and beyond there. Yeah, and I think we talked about it you know, at the start of the season. I mean, he came in with a reputation as, you know, he's lacking work ethic, and now that he's cashed in, you know, what are the chances that he – maintains that high level of play he had in new england and he's not only maintained the high level play but like you said he's been a great teammate uh david sharp brandon park will talk about uh you know him teaching them how to use their hands more violently uh so he's been a good leader i guess in the locker room from all accounts and on the field and he made his first pro bowl and and we'll get to that topic here in a little bit but first let's address the other uh, piece of injury news that we have coming up that josh jacobs after missing the titans game coming back to play the Jaguars, where he sort of said he did it for the town, not really to benefit his health. Uh, and now he's going back on the shelf against the Chargers. Um, there's only two games left. I, what do you think? Should they just say adios to the end of this uh, 2019 campaign for the first-round pick? If Josh Jacobs sees the field again this year, you're going to have to pick me up off the floor. <laughs> I think I'm that's gonna, accurate. I'm going to be honest because – after 26 carries against the Jags when he clearly was, you know, he was, he was laboring, you know, you give him all the credit in the world for wanting to gut it out and, you know, win the Coliseum finale, but he was clearly not a hundred percent and there's no reason to run him back out against the Broncos for another 25 or 26 carries. I just don't, I don't see the point. Yeah. I mean, the math that it takes to uh, explain how the Raiders get to the playoffs from here is like, Einsteinian, right? I just made that term up, but it's it's insane. So if any one of those things that would formally eliminate them this week's happens, of course, do it. Uh, but I tend to agree with you that it's time to shut this guy down. After what has really been a great year, and I don't know if anybody questioned his toughness. Like you can take a look at what he did at at um, at 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 Alabama. You can question his ability to maybe maintain the type of workload that he's had. I leave with no questions about this player. I, I think he's a complete package back. He's tough. He uh, I like the way he deals with the press. He's very honest. He's very candid. He doesn't give an F about what you think, and I think all those things play well for him as an NFL personality, for someone uh, who can have long-term success in this league if he can maintain um, a level of health. You know, he's battled through injury all year, and he did it while trying to truck somebody. You know, like that's something else that I like, and I think that's something that, something that John Gruden likes too. Agreed, and I agree. I have zero zero questions remaining. I think the only maybe question coming in was how will he handle a regular feature back workload in the NFL, and he's A-plus marks across the board. Uh, I'm sure he'll get more involved in the passing game 
maybe one day uh, we can hope, but a plus marks across the board for me, shut him down. We'll see you in year two. Yeah. And so if he's done and we think that he is, he, he he will end the season with 14 games worth of work, more than 1,100 yards, seven rushing touchdowns, a smattering of of uh, receptions. That those numbers obviously need to kick up. But if you survey the field for me, Josh, is that good enough to be offensive rookie of the year? In my mind, it it has to be. I I would be. I mean, I know it's a quarterback league, and we're all about promoting future stars. And Kyler Murray is. All that and more. He's a stud, but Josh Jacob, to me, has been the best offensive rookie. Kyler's been up and down. He's had some really good moments, some really bad moments, some big rookie moments. And then, I mean, other than that, it's Terry McLaurin, who's been really good, but not uh, not up to Josh Jacob's level. So, I mean, I, I think it should be a runaway. Yeah, and I think that that's appropriate. And if you look back at there's been two Raiders rookies of the year, Charles Woodson and Marcus Allen. And I think that Josh Jacobs belongs in that club. Those guys, Marcus Allen already has a gold jacket. Charles Woodson will have one very soon. And I think that he has that type of talent. He doesn't have the raw breakaway speed that a lot of other uh, superstar backs have, but he does have that. He's pretty good in space, uh, and he can make 10 to 30-yard runs pretty regular. And I I really think that uh, that's what you look for. I mean, he's their best skill player by far right now, and I think maybe he should have made a he should have made a Pro Bowl. And he he's he's one of the alternates. He's one of four Raiders alternates. Two guys did make it: Trent Brown, as we mentioned earlier, and Rodney Hudson. I think both of those guys are pretty deserving. Tough to argue against them, uh, and I think that them being awarded shows the type of respect that Rodney Hudson has built and the type of year that Trent Brown had. But if you were to go talk to a fan or a coach or a player who thought, I'm going to leave Josh Jacobs off my ballot and put Mark Ingram on instead who made it, what's your case to those players? I mean, the, the Ravens are very, very good, and that helps. And they got 12 Pro Bowlers. But uh, what is your case for uh, putting Josh Jacobs in uh, over Ingram? Well, I think the first thing to be said is kind of what Derek Carr said today, right? It's if you want more guys in the Pro Bowl, you just got to win more games. Yeah. Uh, so I think if there's some sort of alternate universe where the Raiders don't lose four in a row and maybe they're sitting here right now at, you know, what, eight and seven, uh, Josh Jacobs might be might be in. Uh, I think he's had a phenomenal year. Mark Ingram's been really good, right? But, I mean, the stats are almost identical. Uh, Mark Ingram's got only a couple more touchdowns, and I, I think – you know, the Ravens had 12 players. So I think it's almost just kind of this group think of, well, this team is just a wrecking ball. So everyone in almost every position has got to be voted in. Uh, and I think Josh Jacobs just had a better year. I think he's just been more impressive given the talent, the overall talent around him. And uh, I think that the exact same thing happened to tight end Darren Waller, who is another one of the alternates because the two tight ends were Travis Kelsey and Baltimore Ravens tight end Mark Andrews. So the exact same thing happened. Mark Andrews has had a great year, and he has a lot more touchdowns. He has five more touchdowns. Darren Waller only has three, but he he's one of two receivers. I'm sorry, one of two tight ends over a thousand yards. He has almost thirty more catches. That's a lot. 
Uh, and it's been him and Travis Kelsey as the best receiving tight ends. According to Pro Football Focus, the blocking is almost the same. And I think it's one of those things that, because he's not on a superstar team, Darren Waller isn't, that sometimes the respect comes the year after the breakout season. Like, it takes a year for everyone to recognize you and for the secret to be out. And I think that around midseason, we saw... We saw the respect come with all the double teams and the shaded zone coverage and those types of things. And Darren Waller wasn't perfect in those games, but he battled through a lot of them. And he's had a lot of triple-digit games recently. He's had four on the year. And I think that you could easily make a case that um, uh, that the Raiders deserve uh, four of them with, with, with two alternates in Richie Incognito and Alec Ingold, who I think are properly placed. Uh, but you could definitely make a case uh, for the Raiders to have those four guys in. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think once again, it comes kind of, you know, Derek Carr's talked about going from playoff hopeful darlings to now the Raiders stink. And I think that kind of arc has something to do with, with the Pro Bowl vote, right? Like I said, if they're still in playoff contention and Darren Waller and Josh Jacobs are propelling the offense to more and more wins, uh, maybe they get a little more respect. Um, and also with Darren Waller, I think it's just Mark Andrews is, once again, he's a beneficiary of having a guy like Lamar Jackson and a lot of offensive weapons around him. Uh, he's probably not seeing the double teams that Darren Waller has uh, just because the Ravens have so many more weapons, whereas the Raiders, it's basically been just Waller in the past game. And as we head towards the last couple of games, we get into more evaluation mode, and and we'll get to our, our uh, conversation with Dion Jordan coming up here. Uh, but I just want to squeeze in one more topic here, Josh, just, just because Josh, just, just because Derek Carr, I'm sorry, has been such a lightning rod for just being the center of the Raiders universe with a lot of criticism. We don't have to get into that, but, or even if these last kind of two games matter, um, but there's a report of now there's disconnect between John Gruden and Derek Carr, right? That, that these types of things happen when you lose. Right. And it's it's unfortunate that it's kind of that this season is kind of devolved into this with all of the losing. But what do you kind of make of the uh, of the way that Derek Carr has ended this season? His performances haven't been good enough to win and winning is really what matters for him. But how do you evaluate him, you know, kind of down the stretch as they've lost, as his attitude is gone? We've seen a couple throwaways on, you know, on fourth down and there's other times where he's run for the ball. I mean, this doesn't seem to be an easy and obvious answer no matter what John Gruden ultimately um uh, decides to do here. What do you make of kind of what's being said about these two guys yet again and how Derek has um produced for an offense that has struggled down the stretch? Yeah, like you said, it just that's gonna come with all the losses, right? All the losses pile up, and it's either the head coach's fault, or it's QB one's fault, or it's you know they don't like each other. Um, and I think it's really hard to evaluate Derek any more this year based on just what he's got around him, right? No matter your opinions on him, whether you mean you think he's a good quarterback, average, below average, he doesn't have a lot of weapons to throw to and getting Renfro back this weekend will certainly help, but he doesn't have chemistry with Zay or Keelan or Marcel or Rico Gafford. Uh, so I think the, the evaluation just has to come, you know, with what John Gruden thinks the potential for Derek is in the offense with weapons around him. And I don't know that Derek's shown the ability, the upside that you want to see. Right. I mean, like you said, he hasn't done enough to win these games to snap a losing streak. He's had some really, head-scratching moments, the throwaway on fourth and goal against the Titans, 
uh, it's been it's been a confounding uh, month for him for sure. Yeah, yeah, and uh, look, the Raiders are going to look at quarterbacks no matter what. And I'm sure <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that uh, down the line. If they did their due diligence last year, they're going to do it again this year. And as they continue to, to to try to figure out which pieces that we absolutely need to keep on this roster, there's going to be tons of turnover. One guy that seems to be a keeper uh, is is defensive lineman Dion Jordan, a guy who's only been here for, for five games, already has a couple sacks, and really a lot of impact plays rushing the passer, batting a ball down, making uh, tackles for loss, and things like that, without being a true full-time player that maybe he has the talent to be uh, to be next year. Um, what do you think of Dion Jordan kind of hitting the ground running here? Uh, the, the conversation that everyone is going to hear is just fantastic. Where he, you know, talks about getting clean and sober. He talks about his ability to work so hard and his commitment to his craft. You're somebody who went to Oregon for his masters. You follow that team very well. Is this the type of kind of maybe beginning that you, Hey, that, that you think this guy has all the talent and maybe now he's clean, he has his personal life worked out, that he could use this as a real launching point? Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, I've always believed he has the talent. I saw it at Oregon when I was there. Um, and, and as everyone will hear, he's gone through a lot in his life and he's overcome a lot. And now he's, I think, yeah, he's 29, 30, and he's, he's ready, he's sober. And I think the Raiders really – they kind of fell into a guy with first round talent who doesn't have a lot of NFL miles on his body. So you think 30 well is kind of old, but he's really not an NFL 30 because he's been right. you know, suspended, suspended for two and a half, two and a half, missed two and a half, three seasons. Uh, he's got, he's they're basically getting a first round talent for free at a position of need. And I think he, I mean, they would be wise to keep him around. He's been, he's been really good in spot duty. He had the roughing the passer penalty this past week, which, which killed him, but that's just going to happen. I think he's been really good rushing from the inside on third down and of another off season to learn the system more and get, get a bigger role. I think it's, it's a great fit. Yeah. And I, I and he talks uh, a lot about that and being satisfied and being excited to be with this franchise. Uh, I think it has been a good pick and this has been another good addition of the Raiders talk podcast. How about that for a segue? So Josh, <laughs> thank you so much for the time. As always, we will do this again next week, but you guys listening stick around exclusive one-on-one with Dion Jordan starts right now. If you're a football fan, you need to check out this new game called Sunday Night 7 on the NBC Sports Predictor app. There's no reason not to play. It's totally free and has $2 million in guaranteed cash prizes this season with hundred grand up for grabs every week. Just make seven predictions about what will happen in Sunday Night Football for a chance to win some serious money. Download the NBC Sports Predictor app or head to NBCSports.com predictor right now to make your Sunday Night seven picks. So Dion, the last game in Oakland didn't go exactly as you guys would have liked. Um, but as you look at your own game, since you've been here in mid-November and you kind of evaluate it, there's another game with another sack, some solid run play, more quarterback pressure. Um, do you feel like that you're making the type of progress that you would hope for with this opportunity here with uh, the Raiders? Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like I do. Um, 
I've been working hard every day at practice, you know, to try to get those results on Sundays. And uh, yeah, week by week, I see myself progressing, you know, by the help of my, uh, my coach, my D-line coach, and my, the D-line in general, you know, just pushing me to, you know, to, to show that performance daily for Sunday. And you, you came in here, you signed, and then you played like three or four days later, and, 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 and you just kind of got rolling in that regard. Uh, what was the biggest challenge jumping into this thing um, midseason? Um, geez, I would say the biggest challenge was uh, picking up a lot of the play calling and the terminology, which, I, like I said, my teammates helped me out big time with that. And then uh, just uh, probably the load, you know, as far as practice and then getting to the games, you know, how quick that that all just kind of happened, mm -hmm. you know, very few practices and then, you know, we go live. So those two probably. And I asked uh, co head coach John Gruden about you uh, on Monday and he said, this guy is a future Las Vegas Raider, that he's, he's played his way into earning that type of opportunity. Um, is, is that a sign that, that all the hard work that uh, you've put forward is making the right impressions on the right people and that you're doing the right things? It definitely is, and I'm, I'm beyond grateful. You know, I'm only five games in, I think, and you know, to have that opportunity uh, to present itself or for a coach you know, to say that about me is, is huge, man. It's really huge. And it just kind of like, uh, you know, open, opens my eyes to, you know, what I need to do further. So. And, and after he said that, he said something that I thought was really striking. He's, he said that Dion has become a good role model for this young team, yeah. right? So the first part is about your career. The second part is just about you as a human and your impact on this team so quickly. And given you know, kind of all that you've been through, you know, getting clean and sober, going through the suspensions and all the, all the things that people know about you, to hear good role model for a young team, that's got to really mean something. Yeah, it just shows that the, the guys are paying attention, you know, to, to my, my good intentions that I bring every day to practice to try to motivate. Uh, and then by my hard work, you know, I think they're starting to pay attention, and it's all positive, man. Everything is positive. I'm into winning. I know these young guys are too, mm -hmm. and as far as uh, just being successful, you know, that's kind of what it takes as a football team. You know, everybody, you know, as a unit doing it together, and that's what I want to bring. That's exactly what I want to bring to try to, you know, get everybody on the same page as far as working hard and having a common goal to win. What's, what's your approach? There are different leadership styles are you, are you are you the type of person that you're just going to go about your business the right way and if people look then they're looking at a good example or are you more of a vocal person to point things out how do you balance that kind of a combination very much though every everything that i try to do is by action you know and then when it comes to vocal i just i give my guys their props when they do I ch no matter what side of the ball they're, they're on, if they're wearing the Raiders uh, uniform, I congratulate them and you want to tell them and tell them good job. So, you know, that's how you win football games at this level. I, I've recognized and I and I truly believe, you know, that's what you have to do. You got to put, you know, the team before yourself. And uh, I feel like I work really hard, you know, and it, it, it gels in with the rest of the guys that I work with. 
and we just want everybody else to kind of get that same type of feeling. Uh, we seen some videos on social media uh, before you signed with the team that you were in great shape yeah. and doing a lot of great things physically and it's not just the fans yeah. and the media that, that, that see that it's football teams and I guess I'm curious if you could take us back to when you were deciding on where your next career chapter was going to be uh, why did it end up here how did it end up here well it was it was kind of simple for myself, man. It was all through the grace of God. You know, I wanted to stay in the West Coast. Uh, so, you know, with the Raiders presenting the opportunity, you know, that, that already had my antennas up. Um, and then, too, like, uh, after I did, I, I had my chance to, to meet everybody. I had a chance to meet Coach Buck, you know, our defensive line coach. And it's, it's crazy, like his son goes to my high school, so like he knows a lot of my family, right. you know, who's back in Arizona. You know, it was, just, it was a lot of little things like that. And um, I, I, I stay over across the bridge and it would have been an easy commute for me. I didn't have to like drop any of the support group that I've had over this, this last whole year. I've I been able to keep pretty much everything that I've been doing intact and just add football into it. And, mm -hmm. You know, it all just worked out perfectly. I couldn't have asked for uh, a better situation. I, I truly believe I made the right decision. And especially with like with the way that it's worked out, because you are close to that support system, uh, and you know some guys within this uh, facility um, as well. The last suspension, the ten gamer, yeah. was that one particularly difficult because you were doing the right things and you kind of got busted on a technicality without getting into great detail on it. That you kind of felt like, like I'm making the right steps here. You know, was that one harder to take or different in some way? Uh, they all hurt. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. Lie. This last one though, um, I won't say I took it. I took it worse. Uh, you know, I just. I just realized, you know, what it was that I wanted to do with my life. And I, I exit out anybody and everybody that, you know, that wasn't about, you know, that plan for Dion for the next five to 10 years or whatever it is, with or without football. You know, and I, I've also realized, you know, I don't put football on too high of a pedestal, uh -huh. at least I don't as a person. That's what I do, it's not who I am, so I don't have to like, all day like you know feel like I'm trying to be this individual right. you know for somebody you know that has to do with uh, cheering on number 95 mm -hmm. I, I enjoy with, with what I've learned is uh, having people enjoy Dion Jordan who the individual as opposed uh, to the number yeah man and it's it's uh it's a easier it's an easier way of living you know I'm comfortable with who I am and I'm comfortable with the mistakes I made so uh, I just move forward. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to skip the next question on the script, like, which is, did you ever not think about coming back after this last one? It sounds like it, that it, it enhanced your drive. Um, you know, I, I guess being the number three pick in the draft, right? So many yeah. care about, so many people care about the number and all the athletic traits as opposed to the person. Uh, yeah. Was that a perspective that you have now? Was that harder when, you were the number three that, you know, top draft slot was just a p on your business card? It was, it was very difficult. You you know, it's like all eyes are, are on you. Yeah. Um, and especially like where I was drafted, the city I was drafted in, it was, it was a lot. It was everything was kind of full speed, you know, and uh, yeah, I've learned how to 
tone all of that down and, you know, eliminate that type of noise and only use it when I need it, when I need to. But, uh, yeah, focusing on who I am as an individual is definitely my lifelong, uh, you know, goal. How, how do you look back on on the Miami experience now that you're beyond it and, and you're in this uh, such a good place now? I look at it as a learning experience. I'm a very, first of all, I'm very grateful for mm -hmm. the for the opportunity to you know to play there. You drafted. Um, I just look at it as a, as a as an experience. You know, uh, something I'm able to give to the young cats who come in. You know. Uh, yeah, I just look at it as that. You know, I, I take the, I take it all in. I kind of take it all in. I don't let much of it like just leave my mm -hmm. brain. Okay. You know, because I, I try to be aware for you know the next time I'm in those situations, so I can I can do make better decisions. Mm -hmm. You know, but you know it's all a learning experience, man. Uh, yeah, that's it. The next mm -hmm. time I wanted to go back to Miami was for the Super Bowl. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you know things mm -hmm. hopefully things can still pan out that way but uh, I don't know man I just look at it and take it for what it is and you know I'm in a different place now I'm, I'm way far away from that place mentally spiritually emotionally and just physically period so to, to be back with the Raiders and doing as well as you do after you worked so hard during that 10 months and obviously before let's not just isolate that all this hard work getting to this point it must be gratifying because you're like i, I earned this spot yes. it wasn't given to me uh or you know that, that you're sitting here as a result of all of these positive choices that you've made yes sir and it's a, it's a daily reminder you know every t every day i come into work mm -hmm. it's, it's very much a daily reminder of uh all that hard work and you know, just looking at my future, you know, where I want to be as a football player, where I want to be as a man, you know, I'm able to build off of those uh, those previous days, you know, all year that I, I had to get up and, you know, just do the hard, the hard work. Yeah, it's, it's, I guess it's, I don't know, interesting is probably the, uh, the wrong term for it, but when, like, when you look back and you made that choice about deciding to embark on the path that you're on now, to get clean and sober, to make smart, productive decisions on a daily basis. And we've talked before about just taking each day for what it is yes, and sir. nothing more than that. Do, um, and still, gosh, you, you know, you're less than 30. You, yeah. you're op <laughs> all these opportunities are still in front of you. It, it, is that maybe the finest decision? Is, like, is that one of them, you know, with, that you did it so young with so much opportunity to still realize everything that you dreamed about? Yeah, very much so. Uh, mainly because it was a decision that I made on my own. Uh -huh. It was a self-decision, a self-life life choice that I've decided to live my live by. And Yeah, man, it, it, I feel good. I feel good. I feel like, uh, I feel like uh, appreciative of my, myself, mm -hmm. you know, to the point to where like, you know, I just hold myself to a higher standard, you know, when I walk in rooms, whether I'm hanging out with somebody or if I'm just in a meeting room. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I hold myself to a higher standard by the way I think, by the way I treat people, and just by uh, just choosing not to, to drink, mm -hmm. you know, alcohol in general. You know, that's those are just, to, to me, like a very, it's a very gratifying, like, uh, mm -hmm 
fulfillment, like you know, yeah. to do for yourself, to do to to love yourself in that that such a way. So. Mm -hmm. And just yeah, as we kind of bring it back to the football side of things, as you move forward here, and you think. Uh, uh, do you feel like you're, you know, that you're really playing up to the capability that you've always known you've had? You have God-given talent. That's that's always been a given. But you know, you're starting to build on it. You're really starting to do some positive things. And obviously, there's better yet ahead for you. Yeah, man. I do feel like I'm getting much better, man. I'm working hard. I'm working hard. Uh, but you know, I want to. I want more for myself, of mm -hmm. course. You know, yeah. statistically and everything like that. But I. I all I can do is go out there, put the work in, and, and just honestly just remind myself of, uh, that I'm here, mm -hmm. you know, and in the grand scheme of it all, like, that's a big deal. Mm -hmm. And I just try to remind myself about that, you know, on a daily, you know. Bro, you here, man. Like, you have the opportunity, and uh, that's all I can ask for is the chance to get out there and, and, and show, mm -hmm. you know, my talent. Well, Dion, thank you so much for the time. Best thank of luck you, against the Chargers rest of the year. Yeah. Appreciate that. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks to everyone for downloading and listening to the Raiders Talk podcast. And a special shout-out to Dion Jordan for his candor talking about his past and a bright future ahead. You can see this interview televised on Raiders Central, which debuts Thursday night and airs on NBC Sports Bay Area and NBC Sports California several times leading up to Sunday's game against the Chargers. If you love this podcast, make sure you rate, review, and subscribe. Also make sure to check out more of NBC Sports Bay Area's podcasts by going to NBCSports.com slash Bay Area slash podcasts. There you will find podcasts for all your favorite teams, so make sure you don't miss a single episode. The Raiders Talk podcast will be back next Thursday with another great guest. Thanks for listening, Raider Nation. Raiders Insider Podcast on NBCSportsCalifornia.com.